Years ago, there was an ABC show, you probably remember it, Extreme Home Makeover. Crews would come in and build a house from the ground up in less than a week. The stories that ABC was able to tell after getting those houses up and into the lives of people, they were just heartwarming. I mean, it was better than anything that we were seeing on TV at the time. Well, in college, they announced that the show was coming to Nashville, or just right outside of Nashville, for a build, and they needed volunteers. So I went. I got one of the blue shirts that you would see on TV, and I worked from like midnight to 4 a.m., and the night that I was there, we were laying the foundation to the house. Crew members were shouting all kinds of orders, and I was just there helping. I ended up moving lights so they could see better, or I would hold something for someone else. But I was there, boots on the ground. When I read today's text in Luke 6, I think about that time that I helped to build a foundation. It makes me think, and this is spiritually speaking, to live a life in Christ is to build a house on the foundation of love. I just can't read scripture and especially the text today any other way. We don't build on the loose sands of what other people think of us. We don't build on doctrinal truths or moral rightness. A life in Christ is built on the solid rock of love. Now, we may have doctrinal statements as pillars or slats of our home. We may have rightness and wrongness woven into the electrical wiring. We may have morality and ethics baked into the mortar of our spiritual selves. There's nothing wrong with building your home with those types of things. Certain doctrines are good. Beliefs and truths are good. But the core, elemental, foundation of our soul if we want it to last and if you want to withstand the elements that life brings then it better be built on love love is our foundation love of God love of others love of self to live a life in Christ is to build on the foundation of love I just can't read scripture any other way so let's look at our text again today. This particular text in Luke 6, it's right at the beginning of the Sermon on the Plains. If you remember in the fall of last year, we really worked hard to study the Beatitudes, which was in the Sermon on the Mount. That was from the Gospel of Matthew. Now I've said that the Sermon on the Mount was something of a stump speech for Jesus. He would travel up and down the Mediterranean preaching what we think to be just similar tones, similar speeches, similar sermons throughout. We know that because we have copies of him saying similar things in different places. Luke doesn't have the Sermon on the Mount. What it does have is the Sermon on the Plains. And it's like 70% of Luke's sermon is also found almost verbatim in Matthew. So Jesus, it wasn't, he was not too good to reuse a few of his sermons. Of course, not everyone had heard them and he needed people to hear them. It's important that we understand that what Jesus is doing here is foundational to his ministry. He wanted people to hear this. Verse 46. 
Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? I will show you what someone is like who comes to me, hears my words, and then acts on them. That one is like a man building a house who dug deeply and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood arose, the river burst against the house but could not shake it because it was, it was well built. But the one who hears and does not act is like a man who has built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the river burst against it, immediately it fell. And great was the ruin of that house. The entire effort right now of our sermon series is to get you thinking about which spiritual house you have built for yourself, for your soul, for the life in which you live. Do you live in the house of fear? Do you live in the house of love? Where does your faith reside? On what foundation do you build that home? And with verse 46, Jesus is admitting that people call him Lord, Lord, but their house cannot withstand the elements of life. And it's because it's not built on love. I mean, really think about what Jesus is saying. Verse 47, I'll show you what someone is like who comes to me, hears my word, and acts on them. This is a very direct statement. And it also tells us that Jesus really feels like our faith requires action. It's not just about listening and hearing the words of Jesus. It's not even just about believing the words of Jesus. Faith requires us to then act. And the first act in order to live a life in Christ is to build a firm foundation. It's utterly necessary, which means that we have to dig deep into the ground of our own being. I mean, look at verse 48. That one is like a man building a house who dug deeply and laid the foundation of rock. The first thing that this metaphorical man did, who's the man who hears Jesus' teachings and then acts. So this is his first act of his faith. The first thing he does is cultivate the land to build a foundation. He digs into the ground. It is not far-fetched to see this is supposed to be a metaphor for our entire spiritual life in Christ. We have to first dig into the ground of our own being. And I really feel like I keep saying this year after year. I just say it all the time in different iterations of the way that it's just the same thought that keeps bubbling up for me. And I think it's because I'm just so enamored that every time we turn the prism, go to a different story, see a little bit more about the gospel or about Jesus or about the New Testament, we keep hearing something similar. An authentic form of Christ-like living. And this is what I keep hearing over and over again, is that we must dig into who we are first. You have to take a deep dive into who you are. You have to go inward to the heart. You have to find your foundation in who you are before you can invite others to do the same. Now, I think 
church, our goal here is to save people, to save others. To, I mean, we're, evangelization matters. And this, there is a time and place for it. We should be outward focused. There should be concern for others. Faith does require action. But evangelization starts with you building a house on solid ground. And then you invite others to do the same. You being changed will help others see how they can change. That's the best form of evangelization. So build your house on solid ground because a flood is coming. Look at the back half of verse 47. When a flood arose, the river burst against that house but could not shake it because it had been well built. In life, you know this, I know this, trouble finds us. And when it does, something kicks in as a response mechanism. We've got something innate in us that seeks to protect and to help save us in whatever ways we experience the elements. And what you have invested in in your life, what you have spiritually put time into your soul to cultivate and to sustain you, that is all you got to withstand the flood. I hope your foundation is secure. Faith is what arrives when the rivers of uncertainty and sadness burst against you. That's when we have to pull something from the deep of our own being. And what you pull up needs to have been built on the foundation of love. And I'm not saying this because it's Valentine's weekend. I am kind of saying it because it's Valentine's weekend, but not just because it's Valentine's weekend. But love is the most powerful force in the world, and it's yours. You can have it. You can tap into it. It's inside of you already. You just have to plumb the depths to experience it, and then you can build a life upon it. And I think more than anything, this is what scripture just constantly screams at us. Build your life on a foundation of love. For when life gets rough, when it gets hard, when the storms of this life flood your days, your faith will have a solid ground to stand. So I've come across something this week that absolutely has me scratching my head while also kind of jumping up and down. I need to take you on a journey. I showed this to our Wednesday Bible study, and I'm just so enamored by this. I don't think I've ever heard a sermon on this. If I have, I wasn't listening. I'm sure you've read this text, but I think my soul is open to receiving it anew for maybe the first time. And it, if this is not new to you, good. I feel like it might be. Galatians 5, 6. This is the text. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything. The only thing that counts is faith working through love. Hear that again. In Christ, neither circumcision or uncircumcision counts for anything. The only thing that counts is faith working through love. Now... Let's get through the first half of that verse. Circumcision was a hot topic in the first century. Purity ritual that at times concerned itself on whether you were in God's camp 
or you weren't. Paul and the early church dispel the myth that whether you are or aren't circumcised has no bearing on your eternal life. And so just to clarify, it does not. Actually, those rituals, purity or clean or legalistic or law-abiding, they don't count for anything. The only thing that counts is faith working through love. What a phrase. I mean, the only thing that counts. Now, I'll admit, this is an exhilarating idea, but also simultaneously haunting. I mean, the only thing? I mean, my goodness, what if we're not doing it? What if we've gotten it wrong? What if we've missed it? And look what that one thing is, that your faith is working. It's acting. It's doing through love. This tells me that you can't have faith that's motivated by anything other than love. Now you can, but you shouldn't. You can believe in God. Jesus tells us even the demons believe in Jesus. You can have faith in God, but that faith might have become stagnant or distant or it's not motivated or produced out of love. You can have faith that's cold or callous or calculated. You can have faith that's shallow or shameful. You can have faith that's been saturated in guilt. Your faith can be legalistic. Your faith can be built on a, on a rock of certainty. Your faith can work a lot of different ways. But for all of you rule-abiding and point-tallying Christians, the only thing that counts is if your faith works through love. Period. It is like I am hearing this for the first time. And we all need to reflect on this consciously, individually, but also corporately. For in Christ, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything. The only thing that counts is your faith working through love. Which really begs the question, is your faith built on love? Does your faith work because of the love you pull up from your soul? You're the only one who can answer that. And by the way, there's only one right answer to that question. Luke 6 seems to point at it when Jesus says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? I'll show you what someone is like who comes to me, hears my word, and acts on them. The one that is like a man building a house who dug deeply and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood arose, the river burst against that house but could not shake it because it had been built well. But the one who hears and does not act is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the river bursts against it, immediately it fell. And great was the ruin of that house. It fell because it wasn't built on love. Anything built on anything other than love will be ruined. Love lasts, nothing else does.